Welcome to this Dharma If You Dare bonus episode. We hope you enjoy this soundbite from Doug Duncan and Catherine Poissarat on the second of the six paramis, Sila, usually translated as ethics or morality. If the paramis are new to you, you can hear an introduction and overview to the topic by finding Season 3, Episode 4 in the podcast feed. Sila is often translated as ethics, and remember um, another translation is coolness. It can mean customs, tendencies, dispositions, character, integrity, morality, way of living, and virtue. We like to think of it as the purity of all things. All things in essence are pure. They are purely themselves. So in terms of coolness, like if there's a conflict and everyone's getting hot and agitated, if, if somebody can stay cool, that is sila, like cool under pressure. This is a lot to do with clearing up your motivation. Your motivation is based on, what's our motivation based on? Every morning we get up, what do we start thinking about? Me. And what do we think about all day long? Me. Me. In terms of what I think about things, what I feel about things, what I want, what I don't want, it's me, 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 all the day long. And so you're not very cool when the me doesn't get served properly. So coolness means basically seeing that the idea of me is really just a concept that's been programmed into the cycle and it's just repeating on a pattern. So the purity of all things is to recognize that that view of you is also pure. It's just a thought. It is what it is. It doesn't have to own you. It doesn't have to possess you. You can be cool under the face of what you don't like because you're not that. And you can be cool under the face of what you do like because you're not really that either. We said one of the definitions was customs or habits, and so it's really helpful to take a good look at our habits. What are they? Where do they come from? Why do we have them? Sometimes we have habits that we don't even believe or like, and, you know, why am I still carrying this habit around if I don't value it, right? And it's simple. You know, we grew up with it and took it for granted and thought everybody was this way. And then one day you realize, oh, I actually have a choice and not everybody's this way. And then we change our habits. So that's a lot of what we do with our spiritual practices, change our habits. For example, we train ourselves to not be on about me, 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 me. We often say, may this be for the benefit of all beings. And we repeat it and repeat it and repeat it just to basically try to use it as a halfway house to get out of this me, 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 me thing. I have a friend who's a teacher in this tradition who claims that he would like all his students to be high-level athletes because they're determined, they're motivated, they're, they practice, they work they're hard. They're disciplined. They're looking for excellence. And I say, yeah, I think so. I think all my students should be actors, right? Like, I can play any role. I can show up as Cleopatra, or I can show up as Attila the Hun. I can show up as a mass murderer, or I can show up as St. Francis. When, when appropriate. When appropriate. <laughs> But this is all by way of overcoming self-image, that i got to be like this, and I'm always like this under all conditions. It's kind of a prison. i always got to show up as me all day long. You get a little tired of it. So one of the nice things about the challenges or being in a spiritual group is that if it's a really vibrant spiritual group, it will really encourage you to be 10 different people before lunch. Then which one do you cling to? Or Mm. which one do you not want to do? Yeah. And there's great liberation in that. There's prisons we get out of. There's also undiscovered talents and joys waiting for us. This has a lot to do with karma. 
So your ability to stay cool under pressure has a lot to do with your karma. Karma means activity. So if you repeat a certain kind of activity, you're going to produce a certain kind of state. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. If you change the nature of your activity, you change the nature of your karma. If you change the nature of your self-image, not that one self-image is better than another, it's just that you're stuck in one, right? So you change your self-image often enough, you change your karma. Because how your image goes, so go your actions. How go your actions, so go your image. The self-image is stuck in the idea of, I always have to look like this under all circumstances in order to be me. That's karma. And the freedom from karma, of course, has to do with making a decision that puts the paramis in front of the will in terms of your choices. So this brings us to one of the big things in terms of ethics is the sexual question. So I don't know where people are at anymore with this subject. It's all over the map. But fundamentally, the idea is that what you're being sold in the media is that you're supposed to be having a totally awesome, amazing, orgiastic, bombastic sexual experience every moment. All the time. Especially right? when you're having a Starbucks coffee or buying yeah. a dress or, you know, whatever. But this idea is, is you're, you're being told you've got to have this thing all the time. And if you're not having it, there's something wrong with you. So and at the or... same time, while we're having these ongoing orgasm experience, we're also meant to be entirely moral and correct, and our parents will be proud of us at any given time, right? Yeah, it's yeah? A zoo. at the same time. It's a zoo. Right. So the thing is you... So good luck with that one. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Fundamentally, the question you want to ask yourself is, does it refresh you? Does your sexual behavior refresh you? And the other person. And the other person, people. yeah, of course. And the answer to that is if it's not refreshing, it's probably not wholesome. Not because it's bad or evil or dirty or anything, simply because you're not being refreshed because sexual energy is supposed to be refreshing you, enlivening you. So if you're not feeling that way... Life-affirming. Yeah, you perhaps need to re-examine how you're using your sexuality. Is it to get love? Is it to get attention? Is it to prove something? Or is it just fun? Which if it's fun, it's going to be refreshing. So back to our conditioning, there's no blame at all. Every parent really tries their best to raise their kids in the best way that they're able to. So there's no blame there. And yet every person is a product of our conditioning. For example, my ancestors are German on one side, and so my grandfather was very stern with my father, and that was something he struggled with his whole life, right? And he had a very stern side with us. And I know he tried his best, and then unraveling that sternness then has been a part of my path. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person, doesn't mean my dad's a bad guy or my grandfather was a bad guy, but that sternness was not serving a useful purpose anymore as an example. So we all have those forms of conditioning that we're working out. And so we, that's why we've got to be curious. We've got to be aware because we've got to figure out those elements of our upbringing, our conditioning, and find the good qualities and grow those, perpetuate those, augment those, and find the ones that have outlived their usefulness and, and just deconstruct them. And the spiritual practice is really about that and then adding in good things to replace those outdated ones. We hope you enjoyed today's soundbite. We're only a few days away from Doug and Catherine's next online course, 
The Diamond Realization, Clarity in an Unclear World. Registration closes soon. You can learn more and register at planetdharma.com diamond. See you next time, and may all our efforts benefit all beings.